This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Kikuchi, joined by Damon Kikuchi. This is uh, Thursday, the 12th of May, and it's episode 210. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Damon. How are you? I'm I'm well. Here's how it started, because we do a countdown to make sure that we're in sync, that when Dan edits this wonderful podcast, uh, again, we're in sync. And... Joel does the countdown, uh, the three, two, one, and then he goes three, and then I pop in with two and one at the same time, so Dan can merge the files. And instead of doing one, I just said Kikuchi, <laughs> just and it made him stumble. I try to do that every once in a while. We try to uh, we try to make it fun. Sabotage the show for each other. <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Ah, hi everyone. Wow, what a what another another exciting week of. Uh, as the world turns on New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's uh, well, you know what's disappointing, Joe, and we'll get into everything. You know what's disappointing is that, and let's 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 spill some beans right now, shall we? Um, yeah, you wanted to talk about Takataichi Mania for an hour, and now we can't do that <laughs> anymore because Ibushi fucking ruined it, and we got to talk about him and his bullshit instead. <laughs> um. I mean, we knew, we've known of of uh, Kikuchi-san, if you will, uh, for four years now. It's probably been at least four years. Um, three or four years. Uh, doesn't it feel like, let me ask you this. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Have you ever told anyone about the idea of this gentleman um, kind of having the higher vision for New Japan Pro Wrestling um, in the in a booking sense. Have you ever told anyone? I'm not going to answer that question. What I will say, I'll, I'll repeat what I, what I said to you off the air, which is uh, we seem to be the only people in the, the fandom, shall we say, that have these... Uh, let's say, uh, crazy, wild ideas that it's not Ghetto who's pulling all the strings. He is not the mastermind, but he is uh, a part of uh, a committee and a bigger picture where there might be someone else at the top designing those long-term storylines that we all know and love so much and applaud for. So uh, I, I'm perfectly okay with, with us just being the crazy people in the corner going, oh, it's not actually Ghetto, but uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Just throw it on the pile. <laughs> throw it on, yep. Throw it, just throw it on a pile. And here's the thing: we've kind of hinted at it. And again, we didn't name names. We've never named names, but you know, we've hinted at it many times. It feels like. Um, but my point being in, in all this is, and again, we'll we'll wrap this up and not wrap it up, but you know, we'll continue on. But Joel will explain a little bit. I feel like there's something that like is now out there <laughs> that I had always in my back pocket, and it'd be like, Psst, hey. You know, it made me feel a little a bit important when I went, you know, certain people, maybe like I probably told 
I'll be honest. I probably told about four or five people. Four or five people. Um, and now I don't have that anymore. <laughs> that was like our big thing. <laughs> Dropping that bombshell, but now, now it's all out. It's like, fuck! That was our that was our ace and hold of to multi million dollar uh, contracts. Fuck! Yeah, but I don't I, I don't think a lot of people believe us. No, Did you see Dave Meltzer getting all sassy on his message board there. That get, oh, ghetto, the fake figurehead Booker man. <laughs> it's like well, we see you, Dave. <laughs> Here's the thing: he like the ghetto from our understanding, um, like big big picture. You know, all your favorite angles throughout the, the you know, the great things is is this this, this gentleman. And and I, I, there's still this you still need to connect the dots. And ghetto is 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 a, a big part of connecting those dots. Now, there are yeah, like we're not we're not saying ghetto has no influence. Like, Correct. Of course, he is he he is a very important voice in the room. He is making big calls on who who's winning and who's losing. Like, yes, absolutely. we're not saying we're not saying he's just a puppet. By no stretch are we saying that. Like he is, uh, like he's like here's the thing. You you see more of ghetto in in booking than you do maybe even the big picture stuff. But the big picture stuff apparently comes from this 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 gentleman um who and i think this is safe to say has really no other connection in pro wrestling i think that was the way it was described to us by multiple people um so i i guess I know we're kind of getting into it before we're getting into it. Do you want to explain for maybe people who live under a, a rock and don't know what the fuck we're talking about, and then we'll get into it? Yeah, I was I was dreading this part because having to put this situation in a nutshell is really difficult. So, I mean, we, we were basically watching this escalate in real time where Ibushi fired off a couple of tweets saying, oh, I'm going to expose the corrupt officials, blah, blah, blah. And people were like, oh, what's going on here? And then Someone in the Discord said, oh, no, he's just doing a pastiche of this you know, person who's in the news in Japan who does a similar thing. So I'm like, oh, okay, calm down, everyone. It's fine. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. And then we were just looking at each other like, I don't think this is a work. I think this guy's just losing his marbles and just spilling all the tea over social media. And that's that's what seems to be the case. He's shown screenshots of uh, arguments he's having with this uh, Kikuchi character and threatening to cancel his contract. And it... it there's a fantastic report from Joe Lanza voices of wrestling on their patron. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Obviously you should throw them some money for it, but the gist of it seems to be Ibushi's very unhappy with his working conditions. He's unhappy about trying to be rushed back before he was healthy. And then when he is healthy, being told they can't come back and being getting into trouble for uh, unauthorized appearances on a, I think it was a JTO, a just tap out show that they got the hump over and, it basically, Ibushi looks like he's he's had enough. Yep, and you know, I think uh, at least a, a decent amount of, of of his frustration is the fact that he feels he's not ready to come back. He's not ready to work physically or well, mentally. Was, wasn't or both. it that he he did think he was ready to work? You might remember come New Japan Cup when he was paired off against Great Okan. And he was saying, oh, my shoulder, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And I was like, oh, he's absolutely working. Of course, Khan's going to be stomping on his shoulder going, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then 
a lot of Ibushi fans were like, no, how can you say that? He's really hurt. According to this, he was good to go, but then Kikuchi pulled him off the show and said, no, he's not ready yet. So my understanding was they wanted him back at Wrestle Kingdom and he wasn't ready for that, but then he was ready for New Japan Cup, but then they said no. So it's just the constant, the the, the hot and cold, the flip-flopping that seems to be frustrating him. Um, I mean, I don't know if throwing your toys out of the pram publicly is necessarily the right way to go. There's been a lot of other wrestlers saying, oh, look, is Ibushi back on his bullshit again? And when Hideki Suzuki, of all people, is chastising you for a lack of professionalism, then it's time to have a look in the mirror and think about what you're doing. Um, I mean, yeah. Andrew says, a question for Damon, how would you feel if Joel went to a Just Have Out show without your permission? <laughs> but uh, yeah, very, very messy situation, isn't it? Joel's more than more than welcome to go wherever, uh, wherever, wherever, uh, whoever pays him. If somebody gives him money, I tell you, run, run, <laughs> please. Um, uh, and I will say yes, please go out of your way to um, find the Voices of Wrestling report who did a, a really excellent job. Because here's here's the bottom line: the the, the main gist of it is. From what we can tell and what we've been told and what we can can piece together, it's pretty much what we understand the situation to be. So um, there's really not a lot of difference in the over, like, like the theme of it and the reasons behind it. Now, again, there are some details that we've, we have heard different information um, uh, to the tune of, you know, there's, there's more than one Kikuchi that is that is working in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, so uh, the idea of, uh, I think there was a, 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 a part of that report that it was like Bullet Club merchandise or something like that, which... Um, yeah, we're, was still, a, we're still blaming Kenny in the box for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, I mean like... Narrative. That, no, no, good. Um, I mean, that's that's what, that, from what we understand, that that is... It. So this this really doesn't have anything to do with anything previous when it comes to merch. Like like that's you know that's not it. Um, but the the overall gist of it. Look, here's the thing: in pro wrestling, guys might not get along with with the book, you know, with the office. Like there's there's plenty of cases of that. Um, I don't know if it goes any deeper than, than what was, you know, exposed in those tweets or those, those line messages or whatever it is. Um, I don't think I, here's the thing. I think it feels to me like these type of things can be patched over. So, and I feel like these things happen a lot. So I don't know what it is about this particular situation that, caused him to feel that he needed to just, you know, burn it all down. Um, I, I, we don't know, but boy, did he ever try to fucking burn it down? And I don't, and who knows, who knows if he's done? I suppose that's, that's the biggest question going forward then. Cause interestingly for a lot of the Japanese fan and the most shocking thing that Ibushi did was actually break kayfabe by, you know, exposing, uh, you know, referencing Ghetto as someone who has authority in the company and is not just, you know, the, the heater for Jay White in the Bullet Club. People were really shocked about that. So uh, that was sort of an interesting twist on it compared to us uh, 
kayfabe destroying <laughs> Western fandom. But uh, yeah, we've got questions on this. Whatever says, what is the outcome Ibushi's looking for? Kikuchi getting fired? And you know, I suppose this is the big question moving forward. Is this situation reconcilable for Ibushi? I mean, do, does he even want it to be reconciled or is he just throwing his lot in? Because moving forward, he either gets fired, um, you know, maybe he gets some time off to heal up, sort his head out, get himself in the right frame of mind where he wants to return to wrestling because he doesn't sound like he's particularly interested in doing so at the moment. Or he apologises to Kikuchi, the company agrees to treat him with a lighter touch. I mean, I, the, the option of Kikuchi being fired to appease uh, Ibushi, that one seems unlikely right. from my the, the limited understanding I have of <laughs> Japanese office politics. I don't think that one is likely to happen, but... Uh, What's your take moving forward? How do you see this one playing out? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but in those messages, he thought he was fired, right? Like originally, didn't he? Didn't he mention Abushi? We're talking about um, that the, that he was he was fired already. So I don't know. It just seems like this could have all been avoided. It feels like with a little communication between all parties. Um, my my gut says that it will get worked out. Um, I where does he go? Like, well, here's the thing. One, it's my uh, also my understanding that uh, Abushi really doesn't need the money to continue pro wrestling, right? So he could stop right now and be fine. Financially, and he can live out his days with the Ibushi Pro Wrestling Research Institute. Institute. <laughs> Remember that. Well, there are some possibilities here. I'm going to throw some questions at you, Scott. Right. Ask when does when does Coda show up in the crowd at AW shows wearing a bag on his head, declaring Kenny the Savior? Stewart says, "What are the chances you think Ibushi becomes a freelancer again when his contract expires because of all this drama?" In my opinion, unless the situation is peacefully resolved between both parties, I feel it's decently likely. He'll end up as a freelancer again. Right. I mean, do do you think there is any way to sort of turn this into business, like make money out of it and turn it into an angle? Uh, I was I was chatting with Manabu last night. He was suggesting they should give Ibushi like his own sort of breakaway promotion and then use that to feud with New Japan next year or something like that. So, um, yeah, plenty of options on the table. I don't know if turning up in AEW is necessarily top of my list of likely outcomes. How are you feeling? Um. I'll go back to an old bit. As long as Kenny's writing a check. <laughs> I'll show up. Because he didn't get golden lovers. T-shirt money. Um, I'm laughing, Dave. I'm laughing. I just have myself on mute. That's my shitty microphone. Come on. That's one of our best things. Um, it's my understanding. I'll, I'll say that again. That um, he's not too interested in coming to the United States. Like, coming here is one thing. Staying here is a completely other thing. And it's not, like, in his in his uh, list of to-dos. Let's put it that way. Um, could he go back to, like, a DDT? Would he want to? He did say in one of those tweets that the, it was, like, 1% chance he does that. Right. So, I mean, like, what, like, here's the thing, I, I, and I truly believe, like, and here's another thing, he's 40, right? Like, he's not this 23-year-old J-pop superstar, right? He's 40. 
Uh, so, you know, let's keep that in mind. He, he's, either, he's, he's either patching this up with New Japan and working this out, or he's done pro wrestling. That's my opinion. Like, I don't see him going to AEW. And sp- like, he could do shows and he could do, you know, that's okay, great. I don't see him moving to the States full-time AEW. I just I just don't say it. Um, and then what, else, what other options are there? Not many. Just looking at the questions here. Michael says, which of the two Kikuchis is your favorite? <laughs> Spannerhead <laughs> says, should us LIJ marks apologize to Ghetto considering he was never the head booker this whole time? Or can we continue to bully that midget bald bastard? Is it are we? Uh, is our narrative then it's all those awards that Ghetto got uh, stolen valor? <laughs> Again, to, let's be very clear. Ghetto has, what you see in the ring probably has more of Ghetto's stamp than, it, than anyone else's. So... Let's let's make that clear. But the like the big picture, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this in the summer. We're gonna do this. Gonna wind up with this person. Like apparently that's like that that that's coming from Kikuchi. Um, but know that again, Ghetto is is what you see is is has his stamp all over it. So let's not you know let's not throw him by the wayside. Bit of happy news here, Damon. The uh, Prime Minister of Japan, Kishida, promises to open Japanese borders for tourists by June. So are you going to be uh, organising yourself a G1, make some noise, end the clap crowds tour group? <laughs> Just go in there like Stan Hansen. Um, not G1. I can, I can guarantee you that. Uh, I'll be watching that from the comfort of my air-conditioned home here in southern New Jersey. Um Super J cast gun to your head, Joel Kikuchi. You going this year to the Tokyo Dome? I'm not going to rule it out. Oh, the only the only sticking point is going to be if I have brought it up with Manny, and I'd be like, "Would you look after the children?" While I go to the Tokyo Dome, and she's mm-hmm. basically said, "Get fucked." <laughs> I want to go shopping, so that's that's going to be the sticking point. Who's looking after the kids while okay. Wrestle Kingdom is taking place? Especially if it's two nights. I think I may have to wait until at least one of them is old enough to go inside the dome and watch the show. Oh, but we'll gosh. see. I'm not I won't rule anything out. It's Maybe not I like can, you can drop them I'm, off anywhere, I'm, though. Well, I've got. Plenty of other friends in Japan with kids, so maybe I could just set up a little play date and be like, "Oh, lovely to see you. Here's the kids. See you in four hours." <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go get some ice cream. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> just, just right I'm just gonna go to the family mart and get a drink. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. Would you? Would you? See, here's the thing. Now you're getting into like separate vacation. And separate holiday, you know, different separate. Like I was going to suggest, you do that, and then uh, she could take a trip, and you watch the kids. But then you know that's that. Then you get into nonsense. Um, all right, I probably will not be there this year. I'd probably say probably not. I'm I'm getting my kitchen redone right now. It's very expensive. Uh, so I don't I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, that is good news for many people because I know people are chomping at the bit to 
to get on an airplane and get over there and and rightfully so so it should be good it should be good i mean that, that that makes it a little bit more uh you know the, your fantasy booking mind for g1 kind of opens up a little bit more too so um maybe kikuchi will have some great ideas <laughs> <laughs> which one Oh, right. Which one? Well, the one of several that are there, apparently. Um, so yes, um, uh, I feel like I, it's it's just the most confusing time. Like for for people that are just, I think people are more blown away by this news than anything in the past. I don't know, three years. Like, give me another thing that is more not like bigger. Like, there's been bigger news. But something where it's like you're led to believe one thing and you think you know, but then like, like, oh, who is this person? What's happening? Like, I think this is one of those things where it's like it's 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 maybe the weirdest thing we have we've had to talk about, because even now we're, we're kind of somewhat dancing. Like, we're not saying everything we know. We're not doing it, but it's just fucking weird, isn't it? Like imagine like all these years of, of, of watching pro wrestling here in the States, you know, or, you know, the U S product and being like, yeah, it really wasn't Vince McMahon. It, it well, you know what? That's kind of did happen. In the well, that is, it was, it was like Chris Kresge, wasn't it? He was doing all the stuff that everyone loved back in 2000. I mean, it was like, you know, wasn't Vince Russo, that guy, like Vince Russo was like, a, wasn't he like a comic book shop guy? And he just he was became a writer, and he got in Vince's ear, and he had you know ideas that Vince liked, and then boom, the next thing you know, he's he's fucking booking some of the the biggest things in the in the nineties, the biggest pro wrestling period. Um, so okay, maybe that's maybe that's this is something similar. Who knows? I don't know. No one. Well, I can't say no one knows. We kind of know. Seems like other people know. So there it is. But I never thought this day would come. I got to be truthful. I never thought I never thought this day would done would would come, and I never thought it would be Kota Obushi exposing. <laughs> yeah, when, when we saw those screenshots from the chats and saw the name Kikuchi, we were like, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> right? We're, we were like, "Oh, here it is! Here it fucking is!" And then are open. Yeah, <laughs> like I just couldn't. Like I was just like, like to me, I feel like again, I and I and I opened the show with this. I feel like this is like the biggest thing that we had in our pocket, like like that we 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 were privy to. Like, I can't think of anything else. I, I can't think of anything else. And to see that like come out there, I and mean, it wasn't us that said it. Like, just just to see it out there, it was just like, oh my fucking god. And here's the thing too. I'm gonna give. Can I give? A, can I give a hint? Do you think it'd be okay if I gave a hint? Do you think people would care? Maybe I should do it yeah. off the air. No, no, do it. Do it? Okay. Do it. Fucking coward. I'll, do it. T- I'll tell everyone listening to this podcast, you've seen this gentleman. You've seen him. He has been on a New Japan Pro Wrestling broadcast. I'm not going to say when. I'm not going to say where. But no. Think, think of all the possibilities of just people that aren't usually pro wrestlers in a ring. You've seen them. Everyone's seen them. 
Now we're going to get everyone crawling through. I, the, that's the best part. Everyone just follows NJPW World. Every single match, every single event is <laughs> going through it with a free frame. Is that him? Is that him? Is that him? Yep. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be like. Private citizen, Damon. Show some respect. What? He's a private citizen. Yeah. Leave yeah. the man alone. I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But that's weird too, isn't it? Yeah, he is a, a private citizen. Um, they have, so there it is. There it is. 25 minutes on on that. Any, any other questions that we can answer or dance around with? Uh, no, I think we're good on the Kota Ibushi situation. Hope okay. it all gets resolved. Uh, I'd say we move on to talk about Best of the Super Juniors 29. Yes. Shane says, where does this Best of the Super Juniors lineup stand in the history of the tournament? So you've been watching this a long time, Damon. Yeah. I think... It's a stacked, star-studded lineup. Like we talked about last week. We've got champions representation from all the major promotions. Well, most of them, anyway. <laughs> it's all from WWE in there. Uh, although there are plenty of people who did take part in the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, what is your feeling? Does this stand up as one of the, on paper, one of the best lineups ever? Um, hmm. That's a tough question because if you think back in the day, like in the 90s, um, a lot of the people that were in the those tournaments, um, well, they were New Japan workers. Well, that's a tough question. That's a good question. Were, I can't even say, like, were they better than what we have now? Like, like the lineup is pretty... Like, it's... it's I'll finish a sentence, trust me. Uh, it's... I think talent-wise, it is it is v- very comparable to the best of the best of the Super Juniors. I think the idea of champions from other promotions being in it is very appealing. I told you, it feels to me like a, like a Super J Cup as opposed to a best of the Super Juniors. Um, I think we have to wait and see how it pans out. And see, you know, matches and 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 results and the excitement level and all that to see where it would rank. But lineup wise, I think you have to say it's up there, just from pure like you know different promotions being represented and who was chosen. And and I think even some of the guys that are in it are very underrated. It might be, Joel. It, it might be. It's 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 a really fucking good line. And again, hindsight being twenty twenty. Yes, of course. Oh, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, Liger. Oh, Otani. Oh, you know, these are names that are you know, El Samurai, and you know, just the list goes on and on. That wound up being fucking important in the world of pro wrestling. This is a good lineup. This is a very fucking good lineup. Well, how are we going to do this? So should we go through all the entrants and talk about how we think they're going to do in terms of points and any particular matches or aspects we're looking forward to? Let's start in A block then. We've got Hiromi Takahashi. It's his seventh entry in the tournament. He won it in 2018, 2020, and 2021. I mean, obviously, he is the big star, the, the ace of the junior division. But he's I don't think there is a great deal of value in having him win it for a fourth time, for a third consecutive time. I think he's a you know fantastic wrestler, and I love watching him. But 
he doesn't feel like the most interesting wrestler in the blocks. I think he'll do really well. And I think there's a decent chance of him making it to the final. But I don't. I wouldn't have him necessarily pegged as the favourite to win the whole thing. See, I kind of feel a little bit opposite. I only in in the sense of he, this is a guy that was challenging for the never open weight title very recently. Um, you know, is pinning heavyweights. Like, wouldn't logic dictate that he would be the odds-on favorite? I suppose looking at the rest of his block, I would say yes. It he does look like the most likely winner of the block. I mean, from just from a pure non, you know, just looking at that and taking that into consideration. Now, again, they they're not opposed to making someone a star out of this, right? There could there could definitely be upsets galore, you know. They've they've had some balls. They're not they're not definite on the easy slam dunk. Let's let's you know go that route. Like who else in A block would you say has a shot? Yo, I mean, he was a finalist last year. Yo, so. I mean, seriously. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to Yo. We'll, we'll talk about him later. But okay. I, I just just given the, historically the fact that he made the finals last year, can't rule him out. He lost in um, less than less than ten minutes on, on the last show. He ain't winning shit. <laughs> uh, Ishimori is the champion. Although weirdly, I think that sort of precludes him from being in the final because usually right. they don't have the champion going to, to the final. Show they, they, this might be the time they decide to pull the trigger on him. I think he hasn't won it yet, right? Uh, Correct. I would say show is probably the biggest threat to Hiromi winning that block. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Hiromi is, if we're talking kayfabe and he's you know pinning all these heavyweights, then he should be the favorite to win this block. Yeah, I mean, I gotta be honest. Show would be my my dark horse. Would be my you know my second guy if you know taking Hiromi out of it. But I just I don't know. It just it doesn't make much sense to me to not have him win it. So, uh, who else is in A? That would be even remotely a possibility. Well, I'll read everyone. We've got uh, Taguchi, Yo, Clark Connors, Hiromu, Kanemaru, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, Francesco Akira, Taiji Shimori, and Sho. I mean, they could do Ishimori. Champion wins the fucking thing. I I don't know why I have this hard on for Kushida coming back and challenging. I I really do. Um, I just don't know when when the fuck you do that. Do you think Kushida comes back as a junior? You love derailing. I sorry. Uh, Just yes or no. Just answer the question. Yes or no. Does he come back as a junior? Um, yes. Wow. Okay. All right, so Ishimura could could possibly, but yeah, he's champion and that kind of, I kind of think not. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> right. Okay, so uh, next person we have is Ryusuke Taguchi, who this is his 19th entry. He won it in 2012, and he is one half of the junior heavyweight tag team champions. So, you know, we're going to get this, the sillies, the ha-has, but 
I'm hoping we do get to see once or twice the appearance of a big match to Gooch, where he actually shows his serious side. He's had some tremendous matches with Hiromu over the past couple of years. So that's what I'm looking at May 15th in Nagoya when he wrestles Hiromu, because that's been the highlight the last couple of years. Never actually been able to beat Hiromu. So that might be one to watch there. Uh, I think if we're looking at highlights, maybe this is the year he gets the big win over Hiromu. Uh, But aside from that, I would say middle of the pack and likely to be setting up some stuff for junior tag title challengers. Yeah, I would agree. I think he'll be in the upper, like upper section of a block. Like he'll be in the mix. Uh, and yeah, I think you, I think you, we will every year we do every year we get big match to Gooch. So I think, I think he'll sprinkle in a few of those throughout the, uh, the tourney, if you will. So next we have Yo. Uh, Andrew says, how to fix Yo? And Kid Kilowatt says, is Yo the new bag of socks? So this is Yo's fifth entry. And last year they did the whole story where he lost his first few matches and had zero points, but then managed to turn it around, went on a seven-match winning streak, facing Robin in the final, had the longest final in tournament history. Uh, but of course he lost. And as you say, he got beaten very soundly by Hiromu at Dontaku. So I guess they're doing the story here. You know, can he turn things around? Um, I mean, Hiromu was very critical of Yo. He, he said, you know, he's got a lack of fire. He says, he said, Yo was, he's happy just to cash the paycheck. Uh, so it does seem like they're doing something with Yo. So again, we have the same situation as Taguchi actually, um, looking to pick up his first win over Hiromu because he's never beaten him before. So, I know the Dontaku match was disappointing, but that it, it'll be May 25th at Korakuen with Yo against Hiromu. And I know this is a very Hiromu-centric preview so far, but I do feel that's the one to watch with Yo. I mean, there's obviously the show match as well. Yo and Sho have their history together. But I think the match against Hiromu at Korakuen is going to give us a, a better indicator of what we're doing with Yo. And I think he's going to be in the mix come the final day. I I wouldn't rule him out of making it through to the final. Uh, I would say I would I would sort of lean more towards other people, but I don't think he's going to be, you know, just sitting in the middle with like a four and five record or anything. Bag of socks. White know. socks. Pearly white <laughs> socks. Yeah, yeah. Tube socks. Um, this is it. Right. This uh, to me, this is the this is the last shot we got with Yo, unless they totally fucking repackage him. Like, I don't know. I I I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. You would think that, yeah, that maybe that cork and would be a, an upset win. Fine. I, I here's the thing. In that A block, there are too many other people that I would rather see make make a move. Um. Besides Yo, like all those, all that fresh blood that's there, I'd like to see higher than Yo. I don't think Yo. I think Yo is below, uh, five hundred. I think he's on the he's on the bottom part. Because why? 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 In, why are we investing in that? I just uh, let me uh, let me rephrase that. Why are we investing that investing in that when we've kind of we've kind of established the fact that he's an under a ten minute clean as a whistle kind of guy? I mean, it, I, look, this is the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. I get it. 
But even the fucking Okada match. Remember that? I don't remember that. Uh, what am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? Am I, you am I of out of my mind? I'm thinking of, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. A good Sorry. point. Well made, Damon. Um, okay, let's move on to Clark Connors. It's his debut entry. Chris says, how do you think Clark Connors will be booked in Best of Super Juniors? I was looking at the shows. He's surprisingly low on the card most nights. And also, this might shock you, on the Wikipedia entry for this Best of the Super Juniors, he's the only one that doesn't have a, his own Wikipedia page of oh. all the 20 competitors. Poor Clark. That's not concerned. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm excited to see him. I mean, I think he's a tremendous wrestler. I think he's one of the best products from that LA Dojo cohort. So I'm excited to see, you know, to get to see him mixing it up with you know, the best that the junior heavyweights have to o- offer both in the States and in Japan, mixing up with, you know, people like Ace Austin, as well as guys like Hiromi Takahashi. So I don't think he's going to be in the mix. I don't think he's going to be a contender to win it. Probably looking at quite a low scoring record here, aren't we, Damon? Yeah, I would think so. And and again, I think the matches will be great. I, I know people will be enjoying the matches, but from a point total perspective, yeah, look, somebody's, you know, we got to make the math work. And somebody's got to lie down, and he's probably one of those that, that will be doing a lot of that. We have Kanemaru. This is his fifth entry in the tournament, the heel master. So, yeah, we're going to get sort of lots of grizzled veteran shenanigans, maybe some whiskey in the mix. But I think he is probably a better wrestler than a lot of people give him credit for. So maybe this match against uh, Francesco Akira will be an interesting one because I think that will give us a chance to really see what we've got with Akira when he's mixing it up with... Uh, a veteran like Kanemaru. Uh do I think he's going to be a contender? No, I think he's he will be firmly middle of the pack. Yeah, firmly middle of the pack. And here's like to me, the role he's playing in this is what we usually give um, Rocky Romero praise for, right? That that guy who's going to see what the new fresh blood have, and like. Like watch the, those Kanemaru matches because, to me, that's that, that's going to kind of be like a little bit of a measuring stick for a lot of these guys <laughs> that are coming in for the first time. I really do. Um, like he's that guy in Block A. So we also have Taiji Ishimori, who, as we know, is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. This is his sixth entry into this tournament. Uh, yeah, he's got a bit of a mixed bag reset, uh, reputation with the fans. A lot of people accuse him of being you know, past it and being lazy and dragging his feet when it comes to these matches. But I don't know. I, again, I think he is a person who's unfairly maligned in the fandom. And just sort of looking at the placement of his matches and in terms of how many main events he's getting, he has got one against Alex Zane. That's going to be a main event. I think that'll be an interesting one. A semi-main event against Show. Uh, semi-main again. Semi-main event against Francesco Akira. So he's actually a uh, uh, main event against Yo on the first night. I mean, for someone who is billed as a champion, maybe you'd expect to see him a bit higher up the card. But I think that's a sort of decent amount of main events and semi-main events. How are you feeling? I mean, I don't think he's going to win the block. They don't usually have a champion win the block. But I think he might surprise some people. I'm expecting to go out and have some really good matches. 
I think he'll be in the mix till the very end. Like I think like as we get closer to the finals, you know, he'll lose an important match to set up. To me, there's more value in setting up potential future opponents than him winning it. Um so high in the mix, above average win total, point total. Um, but you know, finding a way to 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 set up a challenger with a loss toward the end. We've got Ace Austin. This is his debut entry. He's the Impact X Division champion. Uh, I must admit, I haven't seen a great deal of Ace Austin, but I've, from what I hear from people who do watch him, we should be excited about this. And just more to the point, I'm excited about seeing wrestlers I haven't watched that much before. You know, the likes of Alex, uh, Alex Zane, Ace Austin, uh, Wheeler Uta, El Linderman. So it's actually just getting some fresh blood in there. It's tremendously exciting. And I suppose the biggest question for me with Ace Austin is, given that he is the Impact X Division champion, how much protection does that give him in terms of booking? Is this a guy who Impact would have happily sent to this tournament if he was going to have a losing record? So what do you think? I mean, how much does the fact that he is X Division champion protect him? And what sort of record do you think we're looking at at the end? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you would think if you were impact, you'd want some type of protection for your champion. And, and, and he, again, I'm not saying he's probably going to lose it right before he gets on the fucking plane. <laughs> um, he's not already there. Um, I mean, look in, in the whole grand scheme of things, uh, impact junior title. This it's not, you know, not the biggest prize in the game. But, again, you do want to protect your assets. So, it's a good question. I mean, look, if, if you're asking me where he's going to fit, he's got to lose. I mean, if you're looking at that block, we're talking about a lot of guys winning. He's got to lose some. So, Impact's got to be okay with him losing. I would say he's probably in that 500 range, like the, you know, pretty even. I don't think they're going to, they're not going to send them over there to have them go fucking, you know, four points. Not their champion, I would think. Why would you do that? So he's got to get some wins. Think of this. I guess my question is this. Who are the, who are the people that will be potential challengers for that title if they were to beat him? So I see him losing a lot to guys who aren't sticking around. Like he he might beat guys that are in Japan and you know have no plans on coming to the states. But the people that are in the states, I would not be surprised of him losing a couple more than a couple to guys like that. That, that yeah, so maybe like guys like Alex Zane or Clark Connors who could potentially fly over and they could have that on a you know big impact show having yep. them challenged for that title and Ace Austin potentially getting his win back. So, yeah, I had the same thought as you, actually. Uh, Alex Zane also is his debut entry. He is a, a New Japan strong regular. He is a lot taller than a lot of the other wrestlers, but he's got the the high-flying style, the uh, very risky flippy-doos, all of that. Um, he does have a bit of a reputation for botching stuff, so it will be interesting to see if we do see that in the best of the super juniors, because he's going to have to bring his A game. And it was interesting. I, I was surprised that he was the one that was picked to go into this tournament. If, you know, I, I was looking at other people like Blake Christian, 
on a similar level. And the fact that was Zane picked over Blake Christian, I don't know if Blake Christian was necessarily interested in going, but I think a lot of people are going to be watching Alex Zane with a great deal of interest to see, can he actually hang with, you know, the very best junior heavyweight wrestlers in the world. And yeah, I think his matches with Ace Austin and, and Clark Connors as well, I think are going to be particularly interesting for me because, you know, maybe uh, that's a style that he's, he will be more comfortable with and more familiar with. So those might be matches where we see him at his best, but I'm definitely intrigued to see how he's mixing up with the, the native junior heavyweight roster. Yeah. The fresh, the freshness of, of the matchups. I, I can't see him getting out of here, you know, with double digit points. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, I think the wins are just very similar situation. Um, I think trading wins with guys that he can wrestle in the States is probably going to be the best way to go in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe i can pull a ken griffey jr rookie card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arena club.com the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast 
Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required, keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2k clear sight see who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door We've got Francesco Akira, who's also his debut entry representing United Empire. So he's a person that was been given quite a fair bit of hype to. You know, he was given the vignettes with Will Ospreay and he uh, made his appearance at, I think it was uh, Sumo Hall where he came out. Wasn't the, the greatest uh, debut segment in the world, but he was the All Japan Junior Champion. He, he won their tournament last year. He stuck around in Japan uh, during the pandemic. So I think uh, a lot of people have a lot of respect for him because of the, of the fact that he did that rather than going back home. And again, the, the, he's been penciled in as one of the juniors for United Empire. So I'm thinking in this block moving forward, getting a win over Taguchi to possibly set up a future junior heavyweight uh, junior heavyweight tag title shot down the line. So I think that's going to be what we're looking at with Francesco Kira. And I know there are question marks about his size. So... You know, seeing how he sort of stacks up physically against the other junior heavyweights will be interesting. Like, is this a guy who's so tiny he's going to look ridiculous and there's he's not going to be a credible challenger in this division? Nah. I don't think so. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. I mean, Christ, Rey Mysterio was fucking, you know, I mean, 
Um, nah, I'm not worried about that. I, and and I always I would say that of any of the of the of the fresh blood, um, I think you can pencil him in, in, in on a guy who's going to get a lot of a lot of spotlight. Let's put it that way, a lot of spotlight. And our last entry in A block is Show. So this is his fifth entry. He is a never openweight six man tag team champion. And yeah, you touched on it earlier. I think he is a dark horse to win this block and make it to the final because at some point, I mean, they've put him in this House of Torture thing. They're doing this gimmick. And say what you will about the House of Torture, I think that has elevated him from the spot he was in before as, you know, chaos junior tag guy. Uh, I think it's more interesting than that. And I know your mileage may vary. Lots of people hate this iteration of the show. I think he's improving. I've actually enjoyed his last couple of outings. I'm enjoying the work that he's doing with the, the six-man belts. So I think this might be his time. This might be the point at which they decide to pull the trigger on him and have him win the block and go through to the final. I don't think he's going to win the tournament, but I wouldn't rule out the possibility of him being a finalist. Yeah, I think he'll be very solidly in the mix. Um Look, he he could turn a lot of people's opinions very quickly during this tournament. So, you know, um, I don't know. I just again, we all know gimmick wise, I'm not the biggest fan of it. But like, it's not like he doesn't have the fucking talent and the tools with with anybody in the, in that block to have a great match. Um, and if he, if he like if he strings together. You know, three, four, solid, good to great matches. Trust me, it shut a lot of people up, me included. So, yeah, I think he's going to be very much in the mix. And again, he's probably my dark horse to win it. Let's move on to B block then. We've got Watto, Robbie Eagles, Titan, Bushi, El Desperado, Doki, El Lindemann, Wheeler Utah, TJP, and El Fantasma. So it's a block with all the L's. Uh, so let's begin with El Desperado. This is his sixth entry in the tournament, and he he was, until very recently, the junior heavyweight champion. But I think the fact that he is no longer the junior heavyweight champion might actually increase the likelihood of him going out and winning this tournament. And looking at his placement on these cards, uh, he is main eventing against Titan, uh, main event against TJP, main event against Wheeler Utah, main event against El Lindemann, Wow. Um, third from the top against Bushi. I mean, it's, it's Bushi. What do you expect? Uh, main event against Doki. Uh, main event against Robbie Eagles. Wow. And then he's got El Phantasma on the final night, which you imagine will probably be pretty high, high on the card. So I think it's fair to say that, I mean, it, he feels like a star in the junior division for me. And just looking at the placement of his matches, unless I've fucked that up and reading it all wrong, he's been placed really highly. They're treating him like a star. They obviously see him as a, a draw in the junior division. He seems like very popular. You see lots of Despy merchandise. The, the fans seem to love him. So push comes to sharp. I think he will be my favorite to win the whole tournament. Mm. That's, I like that. Um, that B block's pretty stacked too. I think, sorry, just to add, with a lot of these people who were prominent during the COVID era, as we'll call it, there are question marks like, was this guy only pushed because there was no one else? I don't think You so. know, was this guy only a featured act because they couldn't get any foreign talent in? So I think this would be a really good chance with all these international stars in the tournament to say, no, Despy is the guy because, look, he's managed to win the tournament even when it's stacked with all this international talent too. I think it's I think it's only going to make things 
more interesting for him. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not like he was working with dog shit, but you know, if, if that's, if, if people are going to bring that up as a, as a, as a counter argument to his, his greatness, um, look, there are people that got the ball during COVID times that fumbled. Uh, he did not. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in this. Yeah, I would say he's probably my favorite to come out of that block. Um, I do have a dark horse. I'll wait till it comes up, and I'll and I'll see how you feel about it. But yeah, B block. I think Despy's probably my guy. Master Watto, it is his third mm-hmm. entry. He is one half of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Uh, yeah, he so he had that very uh, humbling match against Okada in the New Japan Cup where he just got <laughs> destroyed and then Okada patting him on the chest. Thanks for coming, kids. And I think he's improving. I think we're going to see the best iteration of Master Watto here. And I know people think the gimmick is terrible and he looks like a geek, and I can't necessarily disagree. But in terms of his in-ring output... I think this would be a really good chance for him to show his stuff. And I'm looking at the – I agree with the preview here on the New Japan World website that uh, Doki, May 31st, that's going to be an interesting one because Doki's been talking a lot of shit about him, saying, I hate your hair, your moves, your face, and you. So I think that would be a really fun match against Doki. And as I mentioned before with the A block, I'm looking at setting up junior tag team uh, challenges here. So I think his match against – TJP will be interesting because I have a feeling that TJP will pin Master Watto and Akira will pin Taguchi and then we'll get Akira and TJP challenging six or nine for those junior tag belts sometime Mm. in the future. I like that. Sounds pretty nice. Um, I will say this, that the best of Master Watto has been in a tag environment. And unfortunately, I have less than a thimbles full of faith that his uh, he's going to let's put it this way. He's going to be in a lot of singles matches and he's going to be asked to go over 10 minutes more than a few times. This has disaster written all over it. Right. Uh, I'll set the over under and I'll, I'll call them major faux pas, major fumbles. I'll set it at three. Over or under? What are you taking, Joel Kikuchi? Oh, I, I suppose given that I'm the optimist and I've said nice things about Watto, I've got to take the under there, haven't I? All right. But I, three for the whole tournament. That's nine matches. I don't, I don't like those odds. <laughs> no, neither do I. I'll take, I'm, I'm fucking riding that over till the sun goes down. Are you kidding me? I uh, look. I'm. 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 Give. Give me why you think this will be any different than what we've seen in the past with him. I don't have he's, any faith whatsoever. He's a very young guy, Damon. I mean, how old Joel, is he? Oh me... my god, he's been wrestling for fucking how long? How long? He's. It's again. It's not he's like twenty five. Oh come on, come on, please. Enough already. I mean, what, what? He's not okay. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you this, David. This is shit. I'll get off the potty time. Yes. If he fucks up this tournament and is botching stuff left, right, and center, then I will officially wash my hands of him and say he's a bust. Okay. All right. 
this is this is this is it. I'll give you that. I'll I'll give you that. I have no faith, but I'll give you it. And this is this is it. This is it. Perfect. But Robbie Eagles, fourth entry in the tournaments, former champion, mm-hmm. very popular guy, mm-hmm. company very very high on him. Mm-hmm. Filipino derby against TJP at uh, May twenty fifth in Coraquin Hall. Mm-hmm. I uh, he's my dark horse. I I think he could he could very well. I think he's going to have more wins and losses. He's going to have you know a, a double digit points. He's going to be in the mix. I I I I'd be shocked if he wasn't. I'd be shocked. So so in that B block, getting out of that, he's like. Could you see him in the finals? I know uh, you say that's B, but yeah, yeah, I could, definitely could. So but the thing is, this B block is so stacked that it is. most of those guys I could see in the final. But definitely, Robbie Eagles is. I would not be shot at all if he went through. Maybe a little, you know, he had a little cup of coffee with the title. He, uh, you know, he he's done everything he's he could to get to Japan when he could. And I think the company is very high on him. I mean, that'd be good to say. I'd be okay with that. I would be A-okay with that. So he's my dark horse. Okay, next is Titan. It's his third entry in the tournament as well. And representing CMLL. He's had a very impressive 2022. He made it all the way to the Universal Championship Tournament Final, narrowly lost to Mystico very, fairly recently. And from what I hear, there's quite a lot of buzz about him. He is someone that I think we should be excited about because maybe, you know, in years gone by, he's been very good but hasn't necessarily stood out as great amongst uh, his peers in the best of the Super Juniors. But I think this might be the one where people sit up and go, whoa, this guy is really good. And especially with Ryu Lee not there, maybe this is a chance for Titan to sort of step out of Ryu Lee's shadow and show people that he is a, a, a tremendous luchador and a, a great wrestler. And someone asked, uh, Mitch said, if the plan was to bring Mascara Dorada for best of the Super Juniors, who would have lost their spot out of the people in the final lineup? I, you know, I don't want to necessarily say that Titan was his replacement, but sort of spiritual replacement, sure. I think he is... Uh, someone who is going to be a lot of fun to watch in this tournament. I don't think he's going to be a contender when we come to the final day, although he does have Robbie Eagles on the last night, which does add an interesting twist to that, if you do think Robbie is going to still be in the mix. But yeah, I think people are going to be sitting up and taking notice of T-Town come the end of this tournament. That's that. That's a great scenario, actually, to have, to have him with a spotlight on him, not just be a middle-of-the-pack guy, but be so good that you can't ignore him um, to bring him back for a little bit more than, than just best of the super juniors and, you know, fantastic mania when they have it. Um, That's to me, that's the best case scenario is, is okay. You might not win with points, but fucking outshine everybody. That'd be, that'd be a nice little spot, right? That'd be a nice little spot. They could work that out, but Again, there's a lot of scheduling conflicts and all that stuff, but that would be that would be a great scenario to me. And Bushi is in the tournament, Damon. Who? The tenth time, the tenth entry for Bushi. Mm. All right, and then we also have <laughs> El Lindsman. <laughs> no, go, go, El Lindsman, go, go. No, guys, okay, so the uh, stand-up match for 
Bushi, according to the website, will be the Doki match because he has lost the Doki in the previous two tournaments. So there we go. May 25th, Koro Pinito. I'm saying a lot of these matches on May 25th are standout matches. Let's just look at this May 25th card. I'm excited about this. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> my, my schedule here, I've got May 24th and May 26th. So it's oh. something's gone wrong here. Uh, da, da, da. So one of these dates must be wrong. Uh, where are you? Oh. I'll give up. <laughs> I've failed to do the most basic of research. That's all right. Listen, it's five o'clock in the morning there. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Bushi. Any any comment on Bushi or should we go straight? I like his I like his black fingernails. That's uh, I I always appreciate cool masks. black fingernails. I like that. Uh, okay, so L Lindemann representing Glate. He is the Glate T Rex champion, G Rex champion. I forget. I apologize, Glate fans. But I really like this guy. I haven't seen a great deal of him, but I have gone out of my way to watch his matches in the past when he's doing the strong part stuff. And he is a really fun wrestler to watch. Uh, lots of fantastic grappling ability. So he's talked a lot of shit with El Desperado. And that was when Despi was champion. So I was convinced that we were going to get Lindemann challenging for the title against Despi. But obviously, Despi's not champion anymore. I still think that's going to be a great match to watch, and the one that I've, I'm penciling in on the calendar. But I'm just excited to see him wrestle everyone, to be honest. I think he's really good. Me too. Uh, do I think he's, he's going to be in the mix come the end? I don't know. I could see this being one of those blocks where there's like about six people finally balanced on the same number of points, and we're getting into sort of wacky tiebreaker scenarios. And I think Lindemann could be one of them. Yeah, I mean that would be optimistic. I think. I mean, looking at that, looking at that bracket, we're telling, we're saying more people are winning than losing, um, and the math just doesn't pan out. So I would say he's probably going to lose more than win. We also have Wheeler Utah, who I think is probably the most interesting here in terms of a political standpoint, because not only is he uh, an AEW wrestler who is in the middle of getting a huge push in the company, mixing it up with the Blackpool Combat Club. We had that tremendous uh, bloody match with John Moxley. And everyone's talking about him now. He's also the ROH Pure Champion. So I was stunned that he's actually in this tournament full stop because they don't make those uh, weight division distinctions in AEW. So... Uh, and of course, Tony Khan, you know, is a person who does drive a hard bargain. And we've seen in these uh, shows where we've had AEW talent on New Japan shows that more often than not, the AEW talent goes over. So I absolutely do not think this is a guy who's going to be coming out with a losing record. I think he is going to be a serious contender. Would not shock me if he made it out of his block as well. Just for the fact that the block is so star-studded and there's so many big names in there it's going to be a really tricky one but I think he will absolutely be in the mix just because Tony Khan would have insisted on that quite frankly yeah it is interesting it might be the most interesting like you said from the from a from a political standpoint and from a wins losses and and who he is losing to um out of anybody in that entire block a or big um you're right. I, I mean, I can't see him not having more wins than losses, and those losses are going to be significant. Um, the only strike that I see against him, though, is that I don't know how familiar fans will be with him. And I know that having AEW on the network helps, and I know, you know, just buzz. And again, good pro wrestling fans are good pro wrestling fans. 
But, like, I, I don't know if he has that name recognition that New Japan would be like, okay, we have to, we have to other than Tony Khan is, is, is got us by the balls. We have to do what we have to do for wins and losses. That I mean that's the that's the only that's the only thing I think he has against him right now, um, and I think that's something that can easily be overcome. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the 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 who he win who he beats and who he loses to to me is one of the most interesting stories of the whole fucking tour. And we also have our good friend Doki, who is his fourth entry in the tournament. And yeah, it's, I think Doki's just a great story. He was a late replacement for El Desperado back in 2019. And everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? Look at this shindy loser. And he's actually turned out to be really good. Still uh, a, a relatively young guy. I should look up how old he is. <laughs> I, believe he's still in his tw- <laughs> I believe he's still in his 20s. Um, really? So, so yeah. Yeah, he oh. bought, uh, okay. No, he was born in 1991. So, thirty. He's thirty. Okay, <laughs> he's thirty. Uh, but yeah, I think he's going to be the guy who you see the, you know, the crazy high fly matches. He's going to be the guy taking the wild bumps. He's he is twenty seventeen Hiromu Takahashi uh, incarnate. So, um, I can't really pick out a particular match uh, that I'm interested in because I just I really like Doki. I'm looking forward to seeing all his matches. Uh, maybe that main event with Despi, I suppose, is the one that is going to be the most intriguing because they're just going to do some crazy shit, I imagine. Uh, I'm just looking on my calendar. Yeah, for some reason, I just did not have that <laughs> the Korokun Shun 25th listed. So uh, May 28th in Chiba, we've got El Desperado versus Doki. So that is going to be a really fun one. Uh, I don't think he's going to be doing particularly well in terms of points. Like probably, you know, four, six points is what we're looking at here. But uh, very, very entertaining guy to watch who's going to do some uh, ridiculously dangerous stunts. This is a fucking fun tourney, dude. Like, like the first question that was posed was, is this the best lineup? Like, I mean, in this, it, there's not a dud in, well, all right. Who's the worst? Who's the, who's the worst? And even the worst isn't that bad. Like, who's the worst? Watto? Uh, well, Bushi to me is the least interesting, but he's not bad. Right, and if Bushi is the baseline, then it's a pretty fucking good tournament because you need right. guys like Bushi there. Right. This is a really, really. I'm, 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 I'm more excited for this than I have uh, in 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 a while. This is a good one. I'm, I'm really thrilled with this one. There's, there's there is uh, all stake and no filler. Is that what I wanted to say? You know what I mean. Yes, uh, steak sizzle, all steak and sizzle. We're getting steak and sizzle here. All right, uh, TJP, this is his second entry. This first entry in 11 years. Uh, I know people think he's a shithead. I mean, I don't really care for some of the nonsense he talks about, but I think he's a tremendous wrestler. I'm really excited to see him in this tournament. And again, uh, as I said, I think I'm going to be looking at that match he has against Watto to set up a junior tag challenge in the future. Um, But again, just getting to see him mix it up with some of the, the biggest names in the junior division, I, I think that's really exciting. I think people unfairly dismiss TJP in terms of his wrestling ability. I think he's really, really good. Thousand percent, dude. Thousand percent. Um, we've said it before. Like, there's there is a guy that every time he's on strong, like like he delivers every time. Um 
And now he's going to be in the ring with a really sexy lineup. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. I think he'll, I think he'll, like, he might come out of this tournament as a guy that people look a little bit more seriously at. Um, and again, right, nonsense that comes out of his mouth. The majority of us kind of roll our eyes, but um, the guy can go. The guy can fucking go. And again, he's going to be in the ring with some really talented guys. It's going to be fun. And finally, we've got El Fantasmo. It's his third entry in the tournament. And this will be an interesting one for him because the sudden death loaded boot gimmick has been removed. And it looked at one point that he was on the verge of maybe maybe even a face turn. But with this sort of Bullet Club Civil War thing, he sided with the bad guys, if you will. Um, but again, I'm, I'm still looking at him with potential for a heavyweight turn and a babyface turn. So... I will be intrigued to see what he's up to in this tournament. Uh, I, because it's you know, especially if he's not doing the the usual heel shenanigans and the loaded boot and all that, which he's gradually faced out over the last couple of years. He's going to be very interesting to watch. I'm not saying he's going to be wrestling pure babyface, but I'm I'm excited for El Fantasmo. I've got to say, he was someone I really enjoyed watching last year, and I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I'm just really looking forward to seeing him mix it up with all these. These are uh, titans in the the B block. Do I think he's going to be know. in the mix come the end? Yep, could be. I, I mean, this is a guy who's won multiple Super J Cups. If we, if you're looking at a dark horse in this block, he will be in the mix for sure. I agree, and I think and and, and I will go so far as to say, overlooked by just about everyone. Um. He's a guy that 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 will collect points, and then toward the end of this of uh, of of best of the super juniors, you're going to look at the fucking standings and be like, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I guess I didn't miss him. He might not. I here's the thing: he might not have like a string of fantastic matches, uh, but he could he very well could. But from a points perspective, yeah, I think he's definitely in the mix. I think he's definitely in the mix. I would be shocked if he's not double-digit above average. Be shocked. Bash says, how do you feel people like Ace Austin, Alex Zane, Wheeler Yuta are going to fit in with the New Japan Junior style of match? Since two out of the three do TV style wrestling in the States, I'm especially intrigued on how Ace Austin performances will be in the tournament. Do you think that there's going to be, that that will be any sort of hurdle about them adjusting to the house style? Nah, nah. I think all of them are pros. I think all of them are solid. Um, I think all of them are, are excited. Um, yeah. I, 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 do you have any concerns? I have zero. None. No, I, I, I don't even think that there is a, a house style per se for New Japan. You know, this is not like these guys are being asked to wrestle like a Vince McMahon style WWE right. TV match. You know, it's. I, I think they're just going to let people go out there and do their stuff. I think they're going to be fine. Um, here's an interesting one. Sean says, thoughts on Doki potentially leaving Suzuki-gun or New Japan. The New Japan collection game tends to advertise things before they happen. It was promoting G.O.D. with the main unit almost two months prior to the incident at the Impact pay-per-view. And it's saying Doki is a free agent. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't think so. <laughs> but <laughs> but interesting, nonetheless. No, I think there's uh, having that junior tag team with Kanemaru that is a recent thing, to be fair, because it's usually been Despi tagging with him. But I think the Kanemaru Doki tag team is fun. 
and they should keep that around. Uh, okay, last one. Flynn says, I'm so hyped for best of the Super Juniors. The most excited I've been about any wrestling since before COVID. Do you think New Japan will take the opportunity to make a new star? Despy's the obvious choice to win, but I would love to see them have the balls to strap the rocket to Clark Connors or something. So could you pick me one guy, Damon, that you think they will use to elevate and is going to come out of this tournament? Not necessarily as the champion, but someone you're going to go, wow, this guy made a name for himself. Teton. That's, that's the guy I think people will be uh, eyes a little wider on. Um, I can't say Clark Connors right now. Like, like it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen right now. Um, yeah, that, that I just don't see it. But Teton, I would, I would say, is the guy to keep your eyes on. All right, so that is best of the Super Juniors, which kicks off on Sunday. Tremendously excited about that. So. Look forward to it. Um, okay, let me get, go through strong. This was Lone Star shootout in Dallas. So first match was Hikaleo and Chris Bay defeating Barrett Brown and Bateman in 12 minutes, 16 seconds. Hikaleo pinned Barrett Brown with a chokeslam. Uh, the opening exchange between Chris Bay and Barrett Brown was really fun. I think these are two guys who might be disappointed not to be in Betsy the Super Junior. So they've got a point to prove here. And I don't think it's a question of either of them not being good enough. I think they're both good enough for the tournament, but they just happen to be 20 guys who are better than them and something for them to aim for for next year. And uh, it was an interesting spot for Hikuleo right now. He's a guy, you know, we've been waiting for the breakout moment, but now he's torn between his brothers and Bullet Club. He didn't want to celebrate after the match with Chris Bay. So it's the most interesting spot he's ever been in. And we're all waiting for a payoff there. And honestly, I don't know which way it will go, but either way, it should be a launching pad for Hikuleo to move up a tier. And uh, the last point, it was interesting to see two heel factions here paired off, but uh, Barrett Brown was the hometown boy, if I'm not mistaken, which made him the de facto baby face of the match. It was built around him getting the hot tag. And I think he's a guy that gets overlooked, and, and more so now that we have got this steady influx of new talent. But I think he's a really solid wrestler. He's 28, so he's not a kid, but there's definitely room for growth there. So uh, I'm a fan of one Barrett Brown. Uh, Spannerhead says Chris Bay seems like an interesting omission from Best of the Super Juniors. Do you think Impact wanted to keep Bay and as a compromise gave New Japan Ace Austin? So yeah, that was a surprise for me, Damon. I really thought we were getting Chris Bay. So Ace Austin sort of came out of left field. What what do you think is what happened there? I don't know. <laughs> Be very truthful. I don't know because yeah, I thought I, I honestly thought that was a. There were a couple. You know, we talk about Dorada. You know. Him and, and yeah, that seems to be visa related, from what I understand. Okay, I mean, I, I, I truly don't know. I don't know if it was scheduling. I don't know if it was logistics. I don't know if it was he just didn't want to get on an airplane. I, I no idea. But yeah, I mean, if you put a, the Super J cast branded gun to my head, I would have thought that would have been a slam dunk. But here we go. We had Jonah defeating Blake Christian in 6 minutes, 56 seconds with a tsunami. Uh, Blake worked really hard here to make Jonah look like a monster. He had a nice little hope spot flurry of his own until Jonah snuffed it out. We, we didn't learn a great deal of new information about either of these guys. Jonah, I'm still waiting to see how he looks in a singles match that isn't a squash. Uh, if you were to ask me right now, you know, is he good enough for the G1? I don't have enough evidence to say yes, because as we've seen from the best of the Super Juniors field, the bar has been raised significantly so the standards i imagine are going to be very high this year and our main event was team filthy jr kratos royce isaacs tom lawler defeating alex coglin fred ross and the dkc royce isaacs getting the pin on the dkc with a super power slam uh, it does feel like we do see some variation on this match every week and that's not necessarily a criticism but i'll be interested to see how many of these guys 
get a chance to go to Japan and how soon it happens because they could do with some fresh opponents because uh, we've got coming up at Mutiny, Fred Rosser against uh, in a handicap match against the West Coast Wrecking Crew. And if Rosser wins, we'll have a Filthy Tom versus Fred Rosser rematch where I believe the stipulation will be that if Rosser doesn't win, he'll leave strong. And that could genuinely go either way. Like I, I would say the loser would be a lock for a trip to Japan. And it's one of those nice scenarios where either option works. Like you could have Rossa as the new strong champion and then Filthy Tom in Japan, that works. But likewise, Tom continuing to dominate strong and then Fred Rossa moving over to Japan is also one that I find really intriguing. And I say this all the time, Frosser, uh, <laughs> Fred Rossa was really good here. Uh, we've spoken at length about how much he's improved, but his aggression and his ferocity is always fun to watch. And as always with these multi-man tags, everyone got their moments. Even the DKC got his fiery young line spots. I talked about him last week. He's continuing to improve at the rate you would demand and expect from uh, the, the LA Dojo. And, and look, not for nothing, Royce Isaacs got the pin here. And, you know, we, we know he's one half of a really good tag team, but he has got a lot of upside as a future singles guy. So keep an eye out for Royce Isaacs. If he turns out uh, a, a year from now to be a breakout star, then you heard it here first. I'd like to think I've got a good eye for talent when it comes to these uh, strong wrestlers, and he is absolutely one to watch. So that is New Japan Strong. Uh, we have better preview Capital Collision as we are quickly running out of time here. Yes, we got Renarita against Carl Fredericks. We've got Fred Rosser, Rocky Romero, David Finley, Tangaloa, and Yuya Oemra against Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs, Jarrell Nelson, J.R. Crater, Stanley Limelight. Great O'Conn against Chase Owens. Hanare, Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis, and Jeff Cobb against Jonas, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, and Bad Dude Tito. Uh, that one I am really interested in, having... Two normally heel factions, United Empire against TMDK. It's in a lot of fresh names there. Mad Mikey's back. You know, I'm hoping we get the TMDK tag team of Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols getting over to Japan soon. That one I'm really interested in. And we have, uh, these are not in order, these matches. We've got IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship four-way match with Tanahashi, Osprey, Moxley and Juice. Brody King against Minoru Suzuki. Tomohiro Ishii against Eddie Kingston. And Jay White and Hikaleo against Beretta and Kazuchika Okada, which may be the point at which something happens with Hikaleo. So, uh, thoughts on that card, David? What is jumping out at you as ones you are excited about? Dude, everything. I'll say dude. I said dude a lot. Um, everything. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this weekend. I will be there. I will be in attendance. Um, that's a stacked fucking show. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's only available on Fight TV, once again. Fight TV. Um, yeah, so. I mean, to be fair, New Japan hold, held their hands up and said that was their fault and basically absolved Fight of any wrongdoing. So uh, they insist okay. that they've got their act together for this one. Okay. Take take your chances, people. <laughs> take your chances. I can't wait for you to get 10 more credits. <laughs> um, but I will be there. And I'm excited, and uh, I hope to see everyone there. It'll be the first time in a long time for for me on a traveling tip. Um, no, no meetup official, um, but yeah, you'll see me around. I'll be there, so uh, buy me a beer. Um, but that's a like Joel. That's 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 a sexy lineup for for a you know random Washington D.C. house show, and then the next day they're coming up to Philly. That's a good. That's a good side. Like they're they're like. What's the worst match on that show? I I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, there are no bad matches on this. It's kind of I'm, I'm scrolling through it. They're all good. Like top to bottom, these are eight high quality matches. 
near sellout, right? Close to a sell, close to a sellout. They keep saying tickets are are scarce. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, it's a good crowd and uh, everyone's excited. And uh, let me put you on the spot. Uh, Multiverse A says, "Who walks out of Capital Collision as US champion? What do you think this outcome will mean for the Forbidden Door?" Great question. Um, I got no problem with. Uh, what do you think, Marks? I don't know. I think. I really don't know. I mean, and I like the fact that I don't know. Yeah, me too. I mean, there are four guys in that ring that you would have absolutely zero problem handing that belt over to. Knowing full well Chicago was right around the corner. Right? I'll tell you what, if you, if you want us to take this new turn seriously, let's have Juice Robinson win it. Yeah, that'd be something, wouldn't it? I, I would have no problem with that. None. That would be and, – and, and him getting a big pinfall. Like, he's got to pin somebody to get that belt. Tanahashi? Wow. Huh? How about that? Uh, pff, fuck. I mean, we're, 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 we're putting a rocket on him. Cool. I saw online, like, how he was boasting about how he fooled everyone. Okay. All right. You don't, I mean, you, you basically just, you know, lied. <laughs> it's okay. But, you know. A lie uh, is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Lies make baby wow. Jesus cry. Yeah, it really wasn't a, really wasn't that revolutionary. This this big swerve, you know, you know, you told a fib. Okay. Okay, here's here's an interesting point here. So originally, match graphics suggested that it was going to be Chris Dickinson on the the Fred Ross attacking for the ten man, but he's been seemingly replaced with Tangaloa. So it looks like he's been sort of quietly pulled from this event. Uh, Classic Catch says Tanahashi versus Dickinson still seems to be happening in Philly. Given the recent allegations, how can New Japan still reward Dickinson with a Tana match? And do you think Tanahashi has any idea what's going on? I don't think that match happens. Guns to my head. I I think they pull that one. They'll set up something here and they can give Tanahashi a different opponent. I would think so. Uh, Again, I I have not heard either one way or the other, but um, I think this is a smart thing to do. I think it's the smart thing to do. So um, we'll see. But I would say it's less than 50% that that happens. Right. Uh, really quickly, I want to talk about Takataichi Mania. Oh. So I'm going to go through the matches that I watched and enjoyed. Uh, so there was uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Ren Ayabe. I think it was interesting. We had a female, female, a female referee here, which is good to see. I, and uh, I don't know what the future holds for Ren Ayabe, but he looks the part. He's very, very tall, strong. He's good looking. If you want an indicator of his upside, you should see how Suzuki treated him because they actually had a proper wrestling match. Suzuki took some actual honest-to-God bumps. Um, Andrew from our Discord recommended this one to me, and I agree with his assessment that Suzuki gave uh, gave this kid more than most of his US opponents because there was a moment where Ayabe had Suzuki in like an elevated full Nelson for a really long time. Didn't look very comfortable. So uh, wherever he lands, I would remember that name, Ren Ayabe. Uh, also, the Kanemaru and Taka against Ghetto and Togo match. Very fun. Just four cheeky, lovable rascals out there up to no good, making mischief. And <laughs> when Taka Michinoku is your baby face in peril, and uh, Kanemaru is the hot tag complaining to the referee about rule breaking, then you know it's a very special match. And look, it wasn't complete shenanigans. I thought they all worked relatively hard. The work was good. There was some nice knee work by Kanemaru on Ghetto. And there was a fun spot with whiskey. I think um, a lot of love and care went into this, more so than a throwaway road to undercard match. And it might sound like a weird thing to say to people who don't get it, but Takataichi Mania is starting to feel like a, I don't want to say a big deal, but you know you're going to have that sweet spot between effort and shenanigans and insane violence on these shows. So uh, Uncle Nobu gets a pin here for some uh, big momentum going into the best of the Super Juniors. We had a Yoshitatsu against Taichi, which was a surprisingly good match. 
which says a lot about Taichi's ability to lift an inferior opponent because I don't really rate Yoshi Tatsu that highly. Kicks each other a lot. Reminded me a little bit of the Ibushi match at Budokan. And I do like how Taichi's incorporated the Uatanage, that sumo throw, into his arsenal. Uh, he always just adds these little spots into his moveset. And there's a really great backstage promo by Taichi afterwards talking about the history together and the class of 2002 and wanting to reunite again. And now he, he really looked up to Yoshitatsu when he moved to WWE in was it 2010. But since then, he hasn't achieved anything. And he, he didn't even win the Triple Crown Championship in all Japan and how Taichi's disappointed him. And, and there's something really cutting about Taichi's promos. He never shit talks people for the sake of it. There's always like a real sense of pathos behind his words that cuts to the quick and he's an incredibly underrated promo our holy emperor um main event <sighs> okay i'll take a deep breath here <laughs> andrew said please watch the takataichi mania main event why would they let desperado and doki do that a week before best of the super junior so this was uh honma and junkasai against doki and despi uh, honma set the tone he came out with a crown of barbed wire and uh I mean, despi's outfits for these shows they're always a, a a sartoru delight he's always so extra he looked like a uh, a deathmatch luchador and a waiter in a tapas restaurant had a fuck baby. Um, as expected, this turned into a deathmatch mayhem match. We had yakitori skewers, the wall stapler, tables, razor blades. Uh, bonus points for Junkasai actually casually tossing the razor blades towards the crowd. <laughs> uh, Doki did a hell of a blade job. He, he was pissing blood all over the mat. Uh, the mat like basically turned purple by the end of the match. He took some crazy bumps as he does. Like just an insane match. To have a week before Best of Super Juniors starts. And I'm glad to see Despi has not only learned nothing from his 2019 misadventures, but he's actively dragging his buddy Doki into this nonsense too. And what I'm thinking, David, I would love to know if they had to ask, did they have to ask for permission first? So, like, imagine this scenario like Despi's going into Chairman Sugabayashi's office, not going to do Yeah, come in. Uh, hi, hi, Chairman Sugabayashi. Yeah, it's. It's me, yeah, El Desperado, the guy who's main eventing six of our upcoming Best of the Super Junior shows. Uh, is it okay if I work a Takataichi Mania match a week before we start the tour? Mm, uh, is, is, is that not the event where Jun Kasai broke your jaw and caused you to miss the entire tournament three years ago? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, well, you're going to have to give me some more details here, Despi. Who, who are you wrestling this time? Someone a bit safer? Someone who can take care of you? Oh, absolutely not. It's Jun Kasai again. And Honma. Right. All right, the guy who smashed your face and the guy who can barely control his own limbs. Okay, I see. Uh, is that uh, is that a handicap match then? Oh, no, Chairman Sugbayashi, I'm teaming with Doki. All right, that's another guy we need for the tournament. So uh, what, what is that? Is that a, a straight tag match? We're going to keep him nice and fresh for best of the Super Juniors? <laughs> no. Uh, no, actually it isn't. It's an extremely dangerous and, and bloody death match where he's going to take some stupid bumps and uh, probably lose copious amounts of blood. Well, Despi, I don't know about this. You're a big part of the tour. You're the former champion. You're a top-level junior. Like I said, you've got six main events on this tour. You're a big merch mover. You're a big draw. You're going to be taking it easy, right? No no big bumps for you, Despi? Uh, maybe, maybe just a vertical suplex on a pad. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Pardon? <laughs> just, just a vertical suplex on some razor sharp sink hands. Sorry, sorry. I caught the vertical suplex bit. What was the second bit? A vertical suplex on some razor sharp jagged aluminium cans. Is that all right, boss? Yeah, should be fine. Enjoy yourself, lad. See you next Sunday in Aichi, I presume. What the... F I, David, I can't... What are they doing? I mean, I'm always in the opinion that these are trained professionals. They can do what they like. I'm not the safety police kind of guy, but a, a week before, Best of the Super Junior seems a little bit reckless, doesn't it? It's unbelievable. 
It's 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 preposterous if you wrote it down on a notebook and said, "Okay, this is what's happening." And again, you could even make an argument and be like, "Okay, it's Doki. We're going, you know, El Desperado, <laughs> right?" With his history of of matches, broken jaw, he's had a. Uh, he was eating fucking soup for weeks. Um, yeah, this was crazy. This was nuts. And even Holma, who who you know has a, a history with death matches, he's not you know he's not like this is something new for the guy. I thought he did very well too, all things considered. These shows, I know, like it's, his body might not be able to do what he used to, but he's still got a great mind for wrestling. He always manages to surprise me with how like compelling he is. He was really good in this match. Yeah, like it's just his body just won't let him do what his mind wants it to do. Um, these shows. Are are becoming like a highlight of the year, right? Like I don't know, like how this can be mapped into. You know what? I I take that back. I don't want it mapped into n- n- the new Japan world. You know, in the sense of you know, make it a new Japan. I don't want. It. I like it the fact that it is it is an independent thing. It is a. Just, just fucking one-off crazy offshoot. I mean, didn't we have the birthday celebration the, the other year? Um, I, it's just a fun fucking show. Um, I didn't watch. I watched the matches that you did, um, but like, I, like, like I'm I'm thrilled that it was such a good match in the sense of it had no right and 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 the timing of it being so good and what they did is preposterous. It's ludicrous, but yeah, here we are. Yeah, um, I mean, I want to throw some love for Junko Saito. I mean, he might get hand wave as just a deathmatch guy. He's a really good wrestler too. I thought his exchanges with Despi were red hot, and you know, of course, they've got history together. And this is David. This is the deep lore of Takataichi Mania, the second best foot Japanese wrestling promotion. <laughs> like him calling the, his reverse Tiger Destroyer from the top rope through the pile of chairs. That was a lovely touch, and and of course. Junkazai gets the pinfall. I mean, look, when you put aside the absolute rank madness that led to this match taking place, it's a fucking good match. And I would recommend everyone goes out of their way to check it out. I had a blast watching this show. The post-match in-ring speeches, they're always so lovely and, and heartfelt between these guys covered in each other's blood. Uh, look, maybe we should become a Freedoms podcast moving forward. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Junkazai challenged Despi to a one-on-one match. Thankfully, that is after Best of the Super Juniors, so he can uh, break <laughs> whatever body parts he will that time, and we won't miss him from one of our favorite tournaments. So there you go. That's Takataichi Mania. I'm going to get out of here. So if you don't mind, I will wrap it up. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to throw some money into the Buy Joel a new microphone and, and headphones fund, Discord link, send me a direct message on Twitter and I'll share a link with you at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast. Big thank you to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. And not only that, Damon, I want to throw some love out for the new Escape the Box single, Self Control. I really like it. That's definitely my kind of music. Good. So do check it out. Uh, subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye.